Hello, and welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. We're so excited you decided to join us today. All right, now let's check out a recap of this past Sunday's experience. We hope you are blessed. So it's good stuff. All right, now, does anybody have a dramatic family? Raise your hand. Sometimes, have you ever felt like you were trapped in an episode of Friends? Except most of our lives have a little bit more of the angst than we do the funny. Uh, So this series, the holiday season, Thanksgiving week, is like a week away, right? So we got one more Sunday, it's Thanksgiving week. Crazy goodbye November, right? So here's the deal. When Thanksgiving runs its course and turns up into your life, no one's ever really ready for it because we think Halloween Christmas, right? And then all of a sudden, all of our families are present in our lives, whether we want them there or not. So the show Friends, it reminds me of how like families or your friends group can show up and just feel like a sitcom. You know, some of our friends, some of our families, we get together, we make memories, it's fun. It feels like the holidays. You get a turkey stuck on your head, right? Uh, You know, other families get together and they fight like Ross and Rachel because there's this constant just one-up-ism. Or, you know, you you get in this moment where there's the one person who wants to bring peace and happiness and joy and Phoebe shows up and she even loves the smelly cats, right? So, whatever, wherever you are at. And whoever you may be, you might be a Rachel, you might be a Ross, you might be a Monica, a Phoebe, a Chandler, or a Joey, right? Your personality still has to get along with all the other personalities that show up to your Thanksgiving adventure. And I say adventure with implications. All right, so with that today, what I want to do is I want to speak peace into some of your family situations, especially those families that you're dealing right now with, it's almost like just you're suffering in strife, right? My goal is to leave you with this place having a little more forgiveness in your heart today, okay? We're gonna work today on having a heart of a peacemaker so that in every holiday situation from here till New Year's, every get-together that you have, it feels like the good holiday Friends episode, you know, when the holiday armadillo shows up, not the bad Thanksgiving one where Brad Pitt hates Rachel, okay? That's what we want. This series is designed to help you and I to be the peacemakers that we are called to be so that our holidays will not feel like the hello days, right? So if you missed last week, you learned what a peacemaker is, right? That we are recalled, we are mandated, we are uh, urged by God to be people who manufacture peace, who create peace. God actually says, I can't do this. (laughs) There you go. It's just plastic, it's fine. I didn't hit the drums. All right. God says to the apostle Paul that you and I are called to what he says is a ministry of reconciliation. That it's it's what you are called and equipped and sent to do. So look at 2 Corinthians 5.18. He says, and this is from God, who reconciled us who brought us back to God himself through Christ Jesus and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He did it first, then he says, you go and do. What does reconcile means? Put relationships back together. To bring chaos 
into harmony, to stop the messy fights, to end the war, to stop screaming like Ross. We were on a break, right? We, we are declaring today a truce because that's what God says we are called to do. We are commissioned. We are mandated to do. Everybody say called. called. Like, I don't think that we understand that it is something that God has put on us that we, we can't opt out of, okay? So you and I are called to be peacemakers. He says, listen, if you are my kid, if you've given your heart to me and you are in the body of Christ, if you are the church, that means you are called to reconcile, not to tear apart. Make sense? So I gave you a few tips on reconciliation last week. I said, stop it, was the most important one. So if you don't know what that means, you need to show up to church or go back and at least watch it online, right? This week, we're gonna dive even deeper into that topic and we're gonna wrestle with the F word, not right? I'm talking the uglier F word, forgiveness. Because sometimes it just sounds dirty. One of the most powerful lessons Jesus ever taught on was forgiveness. Peter approached Jesus and asked, Lord, how often should I forget someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Oh, Peter, such a Joey, blurting dumb stuff, like out of his mouth, just dumb stuff all the time, right? I'm pretty sure that Peter had somebody in his mind when he was like, Do I got, how many times I gotta forgive this person, right? Then Jesus dropped that 70 times seven bomb on him, and he was probably ready to write this person off. Peter was probably like, I'm, I'm done with them. Can I be done with them? But whether or not he was, Peter was looking for a formula, okay? Now, formulas remind me of math. I hate math. Like, I have detested math since I was a kid, and the only math class I actually liked was my freshman year in high school in algebra because I had a teacher who the first time ever wasn't an uber nerd who actually made things make sense to me, and she was unbelievably beautiful. Sorry, Tab, it's in the past. You have to forgive me. Listen, so <laughs> it was actually the first time I probably ever paid attention in math class. I got straight A's, and she had nice legs. But listen, you might, you might feel my pain, right? You might hate math. That's why I married that hot mathematician sitting in the back running online church. I'm not kidding. She's got a degree straight in mathematics. She is a mathematician. <laughs> and the only reason why I married her is so I could have kids with her and say, you know, well, kids come with me with homework problems and it's math. And I'd be like, go ask your mother. <laughs> I'm just kidding, baby. All right. But I do do that. All right. Now, whether or not you have math skills that are like borderline horrible, like me, or whether you're good at it or whether you're bad at math, most of us are still really great at something when it comes to numbers, and it's keeping score against the one who has done harm to us. See, some of us have like these really like photographic memories, right? You can remember details, especially when it comes to holding a grudge. We know the year, we know the month, we know the day, we know the time of day, right? That that person messed us over or harmed us or hurt us. We... We remember when our spouse said that we look fat, right? It made us insecure for the rest of our lives. We remember when our coworker took credit for the work that we did on the project. We remember when we caught our kids talking trash behind our backs because they're so dumb they don't realize that we can tap into their text messages, right? Listen, none of these are real scenarios for me. Tabs never call me fat. But like, you kind of know this game. Like, I gave you a generic list 
but you could add to it because many of us have the struggle of forgiving somebody when it was that person's worst moment, right? We cling to those moments and we're like, that's who they really are. That sting is there for some reason. And then we try to take these things and apply to them mathematical absolutes. A plus B is done to me that equals me wanting to slash your tires, right? Now, many of us, I don't slash tires. I'm just giving hypotheticals this morning. So y'all can be like, close your mouth. Jaws are hanging open. Although I do have a knife in my pocket. I probably should take that out. All right, listen. We're not, we're not called to have grudges, right? We're called to be peacemakers. We're called to have a heart of forgiveness. And the only way, man, to understand what forgiveness even is, is to learn how to forgive even if we've been hurt. Because the Bible is, is very clear on this that we have to forgive. Not need to, we have to be forgiving people. If you want to love like Christ, right? If you want to love like you've never been wounded, like you've never been hurt, and you want to have that kind of love, then you've got to start with forgiveness. So let's jump back to Peter's story. Peter was a loud mouth. He blurted stuff out all the time. He's my favorite character in the entire Bible other than Jesus. And here is kind of what he says. He says, like, Jesus, let's put this out here. You want me to forgive somebody? Let's pick a holy number. How about seven, right? That sounds super holy. If I say this to Jesus, this is what he's gonna think. He's gonna be like, that's a lot, Peter. Yeah, that's really good. Because at eight, they're dead to me, right? That's what he's thinking. Now, Peter probably thought he was being generous with seven times. And like, we're like, well, seven sounds super low. How many of you have been stabbed in the back by the same person seven times and you forgave them? Doesn't sound very low now, does it? I just poked a bear. Listen, Jesus had like the perfect answer. It's not seven, Peter. It's seven times 70. Do you know what that is? That's 490 times. Why? Because I asked Siri, because I'm horrible at math. 490. Now listen, if you read the Greek text correctly, it's an ongoing verbiage. So it's saying to you 490 times each day. What the what? Yeah, that's what Jesus said. He says, guess what? Because it's not about numbers to me. I'm going to give you a new mathematical formula, and it's this. Just walk in forgiveness. Forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about throwing out the tally sheet. Letting people off the hook when they don't even deserve it. We're all going to get hurt. We established this last week when I said to you what Jesus said. Listen, in this world, you will have trouble right? It's life. There's gossip. There's going to be hate, greed, slander, abuse, things that will be thrown at you. You cannot escape it in this world. Why? Because we live in a sin-sick, messed-up world full of broken people who break other people. So getting hurt is not a maybe. You might not have a severe like trauma thing happen to you, but all of us have been hurt, right? It's a reality. It's not a maybe. But just because getting hurt is a reality, it doesn't mean that we get to stay hurt and doesn't mean we should stay wounded forever. Why? Because guess what happens when like hurt happens to you and you don't let it go and you don't forgive? It just festers and then it rots on the inside of your life. And then you have to own your reaction to that. 
because you and I, we get to choose our response to every single situation. Remember, we're, we're called to live in forgiveness. Now, that is not about satisfying this mathematic equation, seven times you know, 70, like I, I checked that list. No, Jesus is just saying, you gotta forgive all the time. Scott, you gotta forgive all the time. In his book, Mere Christianity, I love C.S. Lewis, the Chronicles of Narnia dude, right? He writes this. Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he or she has something to forgive. Like, you should forgive somebody, right? But when it's us, that's hard stuff. Jesus said the sobering announcement about forgiveness in Matthew 6, 14 through 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, everybody say but. I said button church. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Jesus has never said anything and then was like, psych, I'm kidding. No. Like when I read that, I'm like, that is heavy duty lifting right there. If you stay unforgiving, guess what? God's not going to forgive you. He refuses. So it's unforgivable not to forgive. Let me break that down for you. Do you have something you need forgiveness for? Of course you do. Of course I do. We're human and sometimes we mess up and we don't even realize that we've messed up. So if we want forgiveness, you and I have to forgive people who have harmed us, who have abused us, who have mocked us, who have stolen from us, who have abandoned us and even those who are unfaithful to us. See, all of us carry some kind of debt we can't pay. That's why the cross matters so much. That's why Jesus is driving this point home because the scripture shows he is not kidding when he says we have to forgive because then Jesus lays out this parable and I'm gonna read the, thing, the whole thing to you today because you need to hear what Jesus is saying. So look at Matthew 18, 23 through 35 or we're gonna read this together. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be cared, compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from them. So he's like, we're gonna settle all of our debts. We're, we're gonna get down to business. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, everything he owned to pay that debt. But then the man fell down at his master's feet and begged him, please be patient with me. I will pay all of it. Then the master was filled with pity for him and he released him and he forgave his debt. So just like this master, this king let go of the man, like he was about to like put him into slavery to pay all this stuff off, right? Instead, he just wipes clean all of his debt. The king of kings, Jesus wiped all of your debts clean and he lets you off the hook because of the cross. So it cost him his life to pay your debt so that you could go free. Jesus forgives us, period. So we understand that concept, right? Okay, but now let's look at the end of the story. But when the man left the king, he went to fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars, not millions, thousands. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment, starts choking this guy out. 
the fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little bit more time, just a little more time. Please be patient with me. I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. The man who just had millions of dollars wiped free from his life, got his whole family back. He had this guy that owed thousands arrested, put in prison until the debt could be paid off. When some other servants saw this, they were upset, duh, right? They went to the king and they told him everything that they had uh, seen that had happened. And the king called in the man that he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you this tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I have had mercy on you? And the angry king, what did he do? Sent the man away to prison to be tortured until the debt was entirely paid. I read this last sentence and then the Lord sounds so serious. He says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. I don't wanna live a torturous life. If you do not release forgiveness, you will not receive forgiveness. So like, here's an issue. Sometimes I think some of us feel like we've forgiven somebody, but we really haven't. You need a clue? If I say to you someone's name, Chris, Rebecca, Bobby, Dustin, Jessica, Carrie, I'm just throwing out names. And if you hear a name that you've had a run-in with and it makes you puke a little in your mouth, you ain't forgiven them yet. If you go into these instant replay memories of what happened, you haven't forgiven them yet. If you like, Natasha did this to me and you are just, ooh, then guess what? You haven't forgiven Natasha yet, have you? Here's the key. Break the bubble. What do I mean? Hey, will you put up that ketchup slide for me? This is what ketchup used to look like when you went to restaurants, kids. Just throwing it out there. I'm old, right? It does not come in a squeezy bottle in the 90s. It just didn't happen, right? They would put these stupid glass bottles on them and you would pound on the bottom and nothing would come out. They would even make commercials about it just holding there and like, Heinz, it's worth the wait. No, it not, right? When you're hangry, you just want to put the ketchup on your burger and be done. But listen, here's the key to why I'm saying this. Break the bubble. Break the bubble. Glass bottles, man. Pounding the bottom never worked out. And then the one day someone showed me, here's where you tap. Right there where the crease goes up at the top of the label, if you will tilt that bottle and just tap it, it flows. What's my point? If you're still struggling, start tapping the right spot. Start tapping correctly. Start tapping into the power of Christ. Stop trying to do this in your own strength. And then what you will see is you will start seeing forgiveness begin to flow out of your heart. Start praying, Lord, I need you to help me forgive so-and-so. And then you're gonna start seeing this weird change in your heart that you cannot do on your own. And it will make literally no sense because you have been like just, just enemies with this person. And all of a sudden, God's doing something different in you. Why? Matthew 7, 7, 8, Jesus said this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. It's so applicable here. Here's why. Keep praising God. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep tapping on that bottle until forgiveness 
begins to come out, begins to flow. When we do that, like somehow, God changes our attitude. I have no idea how. He just does it. Like, I could not, I couldn't break that down. And here's what I want you to understand. It's really, 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 really hard to hate someone that you pray for every single day. Forgiveness of will show up if you will show up in prayer and if you will not give up. So what is stopping you? I find there are hurdles that stand in the way of me forgiving others, that stand in the way of you too. So I'm gonna wrap this thing up with helping you jump over these hurdles. And I wanna clarify what forgiveness does not mean, okay? I feel like if you can explain what forgiveness isn't, maybe you will understand a little bit more what forgiveness actually is. Forgiveness does not mean, number one, you forget. Forgive and forget, whoever said that, you ever seen those power slap videos? Boom, that's what they should do because guess what? That's garbage. It can't be done, at least not on your own, right? The only person who can choose to forget is God. Why? Because he says, I choose to remember your sins no more. I cast them as far as the east is from the west. Means that, guess what? East is always going east and west is going west. They never catch up to one another. North, you eventually go south, right? God can choose to do this with your past. But we're like, skirt. I remember that. It goes around. I remember that. It's like a record that just keeps playing and showing up in your face. But forgive and forget. It's not a decree from the Bible. That's not scriptural. But to forgive is, yeah, it's in there. And so to learn to forgive when things keep going back at you, sometimes it's tricky. When you choose to let forgiveness flow, instead of having a grudge holding you back, you just don't get Holy Spirit amnesia, right? Seriously, I don't know how to forget trauma. Like, I don't, how do you forget rape? How do you forget your, your, your spouse cheating on you and walking away out of your marriage? How do you forget your teen stealing from you and, and buying drugs? Like, these are real situations and real counseling situations that I've dealt with through the years. When you forgive somebody, you do not deny the offense or pretend that it did not happen. It happened, but not forgiving it sabotages your own life. Doesn't hurt them, hurts you so bad. But when you choose to forgive, because it's an action. However, that moment, I believe you release the torment off of your life. And then you have like the space for God to operate in and he begins just to, to dunk you in peace. And then Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord will become your strength. That means the power of the spirit who's already living in you begins to well up on you and give you a joy that makes no sense whatsoever because all the, like everything's falling apart in your life and you're like, <laughs> I'm good, right? You have peace at times that does not make cognitive sense. Because it is God who is in you giving you the oomph to keep moving forward, right? It's not my oomph, it's his oomph, right? It's his power that I'm living in. And so then 
Here's what happens. You begin to remember differently as you forgive. What does that mean? That you rewrite history? Nope. But it means this, that the incident will not be the GPS-guided ride that leads you throughout the rest of your life. It simply is going to be this reference point. I went through this. I endured this. And here's the deal, is that you look at this, and when the Lord changes your heart and changes your life and you choose to forgive, guess what? It just becomes this reference point so that you can go and say, look where I have come. Look, Lord, where you have brought me to. God, you are still good even when people are bad. Look what the Lord has done in me. I have the joy of the Lord. He is the strength of my life. And I promise you, the peace of God is all over me. I used to be broken, but now I am whole. I used to be hurt, but now I am healed. And I'm no longer bound by what so-and-so did to me and what has happened in the past. Because of God, I am set free. And it is possible. But here's what I don't you take away today and say, well, I'm choosing to forgive Because the actual act of your forgiveness, it might be instantaneous, but the healing work of God's virtue is going to take some time. But I just, you can't quit. Because one day you're going to wake up and you're going to realize that person that did you wrong has no say over your life. They do not get to dictate who you are in Christ Jesus or how you even live your life. And then one day, by the grace of God, you will go 24 hours and you are not even going to think of them. Number two, forgiveness does not release the offender from the consequences. See, I think sometimes we choose not to forgive because we think, well, that person's just going to get away with it then, right? There's going to be no justice. And we want people to own up. We want people to, to be responsible for their actions, do we not? Is it wrong to seek justice? Esau said, If I go to hold of my brother who stole my birthright, Jacob is dead. I'm going to kill him. Read it. Genesis 27. He wanted justice, but are we supposed to pull an Esau? Here's the hypothetical. If I forgive someone for killing someone, does it not mean that they still should go to prison for life? Because they've got to live out their consequences for what they did? Yeah? Yeah? But can I still forgive them? Yeah. Here's a true life story. How many people know who Katie McBride is? Little redhead, always wears the dresses, special needs, right? I met the McBride family at Night to Shine, like now, a decade ago. Uh, And then she became one of my lifelong buddies. She always walks around and tries to chase me at 0.000.1 mile per hour, going, I'm gonna get you, Scott. and then I have to pretend to outrun her, but really, she probably is faster than me now that I have no legs. Um, but listen, she says, my little redheaded firecracker buddy, and now she attends our day program at Rise and Shine every week. So you might know Katie. She's precious. She's hilarious. But did you know that Katie has a brother, Connor, who is a murderer? He's in prison because he killed his fiance, Anne. Now, this is not gossip. It's not a secret. It's a book. The Gross Myers, Anne's parent, wrote a book about it, the story of godly restorative justice. Restorative justice has a bad 
connotation to it now because people are just being let free and, and then they go and this is something totally different. And here's crazy things. Like, this is how God works. Before we even really knew, knew the McBrides, we had met them, talked to them, Katie had come to events. My wife is reading this book, having no idea that it is the McBride story. One day she said to me, she's like, you've got to read this book on forgiveness. This girl's parents have forgiven their daughter's murder and they're showing up in prison and teaching him who the Lord is and helping him have a life even in prison. And it was Katie's brother. Now, not only did that connection like blow my mind, but the heart of the forgiveness of the Grossmeyers, Anne's parents, just literally makes me come undone. It 100% proves to me it's possible to forgive anything. It's 100% possible to forgive anybody. There are two things that the Lord says belongs to him. Number one is the tithe. It's the 10% of our income. He says, if you are not giving me that through your church, you are robbing me. Number two, you know what the second thing he says that is his? Vengeance. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. Justice is God's. It's not our doing. Romans 12, 19 through 21. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. You think people get away with anything? You don't know their whole story. You don't know what they grapple with every day. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. Not poison, good food. <laughs> if they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. Don't let evil conquer you. But you and I, we go out and we conquer evil by doing good. Even to those who hate us and think that we are scum of the earth, we serve them, we love them, we will lay down our lives like Jesus laid down his life for us. It's not up to you. It's not up to me to hold someone accountable for how they wronged us. It's up to God. God requires justice. And Jesus said, don't overcome evil with evil. You can't do that. Do it by doing good. So give God your anger. Today, lay it down and Give God your desire for revenge. Allow God to make repayment, man. Let the repayment take place by his hand. And instead, let God just give you some peace. Let him calm your mind in Christ Jesus. Settle the, settle the storms of rage, man. And know that God takes offenses against his kids very seriously. You know how I know how? Jesus said so. Luke 17, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. What is he talking about? In other words, if someone offends one of God's own, especially little kids, he says, it's gonna be better for that person to tie a boulder around your neck and jump into the ocean than for them to let God deal with them personally. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Forgiveness is ours to carry out.
no matter what. And then God says, I'll handle the rest. Finally, number three. Forgiveness doesn't always mean reconciliation, right? It's our ministry, it's our mandate, it's our calling, but we can't force other people to do the right thing. We can do our part, but we can't make other people do the right thing on their end, right? And if they don't want to apologize, at least you've done your part, right? And it certainly doesn't mean that you're not wiser, you're not smarter, that you don't have a guard up and you're not being cautious because you've been through something and now that you know that you should know, oh, I, I know how to handle this situation because I did it before, but now I do, right? You, you've got to put smart boundaries around yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to automatically rebuild a relationship that has been severely broken by something that's severely traumatic. Sometimes those who are abusive or untrustworthy means that we intentionally do not engage with them in an unhealthy relationship. God does not expect you to do that. But you can still forgive people at the same time. Now let me close with some rapid practical steps because I'm gonna give you some one, two, threes to walk out of here so that this week you have something to practice. Because I believe at the end of this service, God's about, to, God's about to do some crazy healing work. Three things, you're gonna throw them down real fast because I'm gonna go real fast. And then we're gonna pray an audacious prayer that the Lord might get us to a place where we can forgive. Number one, open your heart. You can't heal you can't move past what has got your heart all locked up if you don't give an option of forgiveness in your life. Not receiving it, not giving it. So open up your heart that you might be able to let God come in and do a work that you can't do and just take a chance on forgiving someone. Number two, extend compassion. I know it sounds like cliche to say, have you ever walked a mile in that person's shoes? But do you even know the story behind the person who harmed you, who hurt you? I'm just saying it might change your view of them. Again, I'm not excusing them. It's not excusing them. But it means you might just see that person from a different angle. That's what the Grossmeyers had to do. To show up. To go see Katie's brother who killed their girl, Anne so that they might extend compassion and be Jesus to someone who wasn't gonna be able to go out and just find Jesus. Number three, release the person that's in prison inside your heart. It's time to let the offender out, okay? It's time to let that person go. Get them off your back, get them out of your life, get them out of your mind. Forgiveness is a decision. And what you simply do is say, I choose to forgive so-and-so. And then what happens is you join the 70 times seven mile club, right? Listen, now, here's what I want you to do. If you're ready to join the 70 times seven club, here's the deal. Right now, close your eyes. We're gonna pray. We're gonna do some heavy lifting in this moment as we wrap this up today. Today, will you just pray with me? to commit to a lifestyle of forgiveness, 
of peacemaking. And I believe, listen, if you will just pray this with me and you will just believe it, it will change your life. Why spend the rest of your life trying to justify the past when you can just move forward and live in the blessing of God? It doesn't make sense. So today, we're gonna let the person off the hook out of our lives and let God deal with them, but we're gonna forgive. Heavenly Father, today we choose to forgive. Would you just say out loud in your seat right now, it doesn't have to be loud, especially if it's the person sitting next to you, but I'm just saying, say it out loud, I choose to forgive, fill in the blank. I choose to forgive so-and-so. Lord, as we choose to forgive, we need you to heal our heart by your power and your power alone. Lord, the wounds that are bleeding, seal them up. Heal them. Lord, help us to stop keeping score. Help us to throw away the tally sheet. God, today, give us a breakthrough. Right now, in this moment, let that pain Let that anger subside. Spirit, God, I pray for wholeness. God, I pray for wholeness over my kids and boys to happen. Wrap your loving arms around them. Let them understand, God, that you're fighting for them and not against them. Now, Lord, release us from pain. Consume us with your peace. God, help us to be a creator of reconciliation. God, help us to do that from this moment forward. And Lord, if we can't reconcile because it's dangerous or because if the other person doesn't want to, Lord, let us be okay with whatever pans out, with whatever plays out. We put all these things, Lord, at your feet. Now, Lord, help us to be able to deal. Help us to be able to tap into you and let forgiveness begin to flow in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Mm. Sometimes things are not easy to hear, right? But they're necessary. Maybe you need today to get on the phone DM somebody, you still have their number, text them, and have a conversation. Choose to forgive. All right, thank you for joining us here at the Genesis Church Podcast. Remember, you can join us every Sunday at 1031 a.m. on all social media platforms. You can also join us in person every Sunday at 1031 right here at 4070 Mission Road in Tallahassee. God bless you and have a great day.